This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. We're going to share from God's Word this morning, and uh, specifically, we're going to continue this series to belong. Were you here for last week's? That, that was the first part of this series on belonging. And you remember what Pastor Ron talked about. It was good. If you, didn't, if you weren't here, I want to encourage you to, to look it up on YouTube. It's a great message. But uh, Pastor Ron shared that he, God doesn't want us to be alone. He wants us to belong. Amen? Just like our bodies have many parts, so it is with Christ's body. We belong to each other, and we are connected by our faith in Christ. And oftentimes, how many of you know, our busy lifestyle does not promote deep relationships, right? How many of you have said, I'm too busy, you know, I have to hurry. And one thing I thank God for, my wife, this is what I I love about her so much, she is never in a hurry. Don't you love people that are never in a hurry? Sometimes I admit it drives me a little crazy because I tend to be in a hurry, but my wife is never in a hurry, and that's what I want to be. Um, oftentimes we allow the urgent to crowd out the important. And he said, wise people don't try to microwave friendship. And I love that saying. We don't try to microwave friendship. True friends love during the good and the bad. And he shared how it was Tonto, right? In that old series, the Lone Ranger series. What did he call the Lone Ranger? You remember? Kimosabi. And what did Kimosabi mean? Kimosabi means my dearest and most trusted friend. And then he gave us homework to do. You remember what the homework challenge was? Do you remember that? What was it? Anybody? What was it? Kevin. Take somebody out for coffee, right? Take somebody out for coffee. Take them out for breakfast. Take them out for lunch. Invite them to church. Because isn't this the best time of year? One of the best time of years. Actually, any time of year is a good time to invite somebody to church. But this time, when we celebrate Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? And you know, as I, as I thought about this message last week, I thought of so many examples in my own life when I have experienced being included and not being included or excluded or not feeling like I belong. How many of you have had experiences, personal experiences like that? Where you felt like you belonged, but then you felt like you didn't belong. I remember Pastor Ron talked about, you know, being, having a, you know, playing a game, or whether it was football or soccer or baseball, softball, and right, there was always captains, right? And he said, he was never a captain, and he, and oftentimes he was the one who was, he was the last one to be picked. Have you ever had that experience? You're the last one to be picked. But I remember my dad, when I was young, and it was a family picnic, and he and another one of his friends were captains. And my dad, I was only seven years old, I was the youngest one there, he picked me first. And oh, how that made me feel, I belonged, right? But I've also had the experience where I felt like I didn't belong, our family didn't belong. And I've shared this before, but many of you may not know that I lived, as a young boy, I lived in Australia for eight months. I lived in Perth, Australia. Now, if you wanted to find the farthest place on this planet, from Connecticut, it's Perth, Australia. That's a true fact. It's almost 12,000 miles away. And when we were there, my father left. It was during the late 60s. 
And how many of you know during the late 60s there were some assassinations? There were things going on. There, were, there was race riots. And uh, my father saw this, and, and we lived in a place where we were just down the hill from the local high school. And I was, only, I was born in that house, and uh, it was the late 60s. And, you know, the high school kids would come down and they would be doing drugs on the split rail fence right in front in our front yard. So my father saw that and he said, it's, there's got to be a better place. And he thought about the farthest place you could go was Australia. So he left for Australia and he was promised, he was an engineer, he was promised that when he got there, there would be a, a, a job waiting for him. But when we got there, and he went to the places of employment. There were signs over these places of employment that said, Americans need not apply. Think about that. Actual, 1971, there were signs above, in Australia, places of employment saying, Americans need not apply. And how do you think that felt, being 12,000 miles from home and not feeling like you belong there? So sure enough, eight months later, we came back the United States, a long journey on an ocean liner from Perth, Australia, all the way around the, halfway around the world to New York City. And as we came into the, the harbor there in New York City, there's, there's, how many of you know, there's the Statue of Liberty, right? And my, it was early in the morning, my parents got up, and as they saw the Statue of Liberty, they were just, their eyes were flooded with tears as they realized they were back home. And more than that, when they went into the customs office, and they met the customs officer. The first thing he did was he hugged him and he said, welcome home. And, he, and my parents said that changed their life. That they would never leave the United States again. Even though it may not be the best here, they certainly felt like they belonged. And I think so many of us have had that experience of feeling like you belong, but feeling like you don't belong too. But to, this morning, I want to take this in a little different direction. As I thought about this past few days, I thought about what does it mean? Think about this question. What does it mean to belong to Christ? What does that mean? The scriptures are filled with the phrase belonging to Christ. What does that mean? Well, certainly the word Christian, we know what that means, right? It means to be Christ-like. Exactly. So in many ways, to belong to Christ means that we are Christ-like. Look with me in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Can everybody see the scripture over my head? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, it says this. It says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. See how much the Father loves us, because He calls us His very own children. And think about your own kids and how much you love them. That's how much God loves us. And the thing that makes this even more amazing is that God is perfect and holy and righteous. And we, as His children, how many of you know, are sinners. We're separated from a holy God because of our sin. And it's amazing to the writer of 1 John. John, he says, See how very much our Father loves us. It is amazing and wondrous that a holy, sinless God calls us unholy, calls unholy, sinful men, women, boys, and girls his children. And that is what we are. And how many of you know that your children often 
resemble their parents, right? They resemble them in what they look like. Thank God my four boys look so much better than me. Three out of four have a full head of hair. But they, they're, right, their mannerisms, the way they act, what they say, it's amazing. And sometimes that's to our joy, that, that delights us, and sometimes it doesn't delight us, right? But, but our kids resemble us as their parents, and we resemble our mom and dad as, as our parents. First John 3 and, and the second half of that verse 1 says, But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children. Because they don't know him. So faith in Christ separates those who belong to Christ and those who belong to this world. How many of you know we are foreigners as when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we receive him into our lives. When we give our hearts to him. We become what? New creatures. Amen? Old, the old is past. Behold, all things have become new. So we are just pilgrims passing through, as the old song says, having been born again. And that word born again means born from above. We are born of his spirit, right? When we are born again, when we give our hearts to the Lord and being born again, we have a new nature of heavenly origin. Look with me in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says this. It says, this means that anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone. And what percentage is everyone or anyone? A hundred percent. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? A new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And many of you know that I, I often do this when I teach Right? I like to have memory verse cards. How many of you have ever memorized the scripture verse? How many of you? A few of you. Thank God. We should be doing this on a regular basis. And it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to ask some, some help of some ushers. Carol, if you could help me. Um, there's some cards. There's some, these memory verse cards. The reason I'm doing this is it's on the back information desk. It's in that little box. I'm going to take, the mo- take a moment here, and I want to pass out those cards. I may take a little time, but this is important. How many of you know, how many of you think it's important to memorize God's Word? Is that important? Why is it important? Tell me. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that what? I might not sin against God. How many of you know that in some countries, the Word of God is, it's illegal to have a copy of God's Word. Did you know that? And I don't know about you, but in my, it may be possible that even in my lifetime, in our lifetime, it might be illegal to hold the Word of God, a copy of God's Word, the Bible. That possession of it might be illegal in this country. So where are we going to draw strength from if we don't have, aren't able to read it? By hiding it in our hearts. So I'm, we're going to take some time and the reason I'm doing this is because I noticed that the last time I taught the, the scripture verse, anybody remember what that memory verse was? Anybody? It was Hosea 10.12. You can, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. But most of those memory verse cards are back on that table from the last time I taught. So I want to encourage you, take a card, put it in your pocket. 
Take it out during the week. During the week. Put it on your refrigerator so you see it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. That's what Jesus said, right? So has, anybody, has everybody got a copy? Yes, no? We good? Right in the middle there. We're going to do this together. Because we belong, right? Amen. Anybody raise your hand if you don't have a memory verse card. If you're a couple, if I don't have enough, maybe a couple can use one to share. I did print 400, so hopefully that is enough. You know, the Word of God isn't just for some special people to read and, uh, you know, communicate. It's for all of us. Amen? God's Word's for all of us. And how many of you know God's Word strengthens us? It helps us take a stand for what's right. To follow Christ, we need to know His Word to know what pleases Him. To know what His will is. We need to know His Word and have it hidden in our hearts. So we're going to, everybody, I want you to pray this. Yes, pray it, but also say it with me. Let's start. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And aren't you happy that because of Christ today, you can have new life in Jesus Christ? Aren't you happy about that? Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Somebody say. Yes, that's good news. So when we belong to Christ, we are not only we become Christ-like, but we display a nature and a lifestyle like our Savior. A nature foreign to those who are not born again. Jesus said the world doesn't recognize, and how many of you know by personal experience, that when you came to know the Lord, it was almost like, you know, there was a blindness taken away. Like you really saw the truth, your true need. And the Apostle Paul, how many of you remember on, on, his, on the road to Damascus, do you remember his experience when he got born again? A great light came down. And Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus. And then he, he was blinded. They had, he had to be led to the city of Damascus and then, until someone prayed over him. And what happened? Scales f- fell from his eyes. And that's, that's a, a, an illustration of what happens to us when we, before we come to the Lord and after we come to the Lord, is as if our eyes are opened. So there is a distinction. There is a difference from those who belong to the world And those who belong to Christ. And don't think that the world will understand you when you come to the Lord. We have to be willing to to be misunderstood oftentimes. People call, people that are are born again, well, they're so religious. The truth is it has nothing to do with religion. The religion didn't get us anywhere. Religion, trying to be good enough. Trying to outweigh our good works against our bad works. Even going to church. Church. If, if we're trusting that alone, it's not enough. We need to place our faith, 
our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to save us. Amen? Verse John 3 and verse 2 says this, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And sure enough, it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be a hundred years from now. Maybe it's a thousand years from now. But how many of you know Jesus is coming back? The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Amen? And no man knows the day or the hour. It could be today. Jesus is coming back. And we are his children by faith in him as our Savior. Not faith in ourselves, not faith in our church. As, as wonderful as faith living church is, if your faith is only in faith living church, that's not good enough. Your faith needs to be placed in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And until that time, it says this, but we do know that we will be like him. But until that time, the Bible says we are being transformed. We are being changed from glory to glory. Our lives becoming brighter and more beautiful as God works in us. Amen? A child of God, one who belongs to Christ, is number one, is one who is like him. Romans 1 and verse 1 says this. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Now think about that for a minute. A slave. That's pretty strong language. But do you know? That when we call Jesus our Lord, that means we surrender control of our life to him. We give him our heart. We let him have the total authority in our lives. And that's what Paul is saying. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach this good news. God promised, verse 2, God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And does anybody have an idea how many references to Jesus or prophetic scriptures there are in the Old Testament that point to Jesus? Any guess? Over 400. There are 400 scripture references to Jesus in the Old Testament. And one that is very well known, many of you may know this, is found in Isaiah 53. And look with me at verse 1. It says this, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Verse 4, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins 
of us all. Amen? And who was, it, who was the prophet speaking to, about? It's Jesus. That's, that's the good news. That the Lord laid on Jesus the sins of us all. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Not just cover it up, but He takes it away. And when I came to know Him, that was the one message that was preached. Behold, John the Baptist looked at Him in the wilderness as he was baptizing. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb, the sacrifice. He was the substitute sacrifice for us. He took our sin. He bore our sin. And think about what he went through on that that cross. And up until that cross. Have you ever seen that movie, The Passion, anybody? Right? You remember that. And I don't even, that is as, as graphic as it was, I'm not even sure that was as bad as it really was for him. But Jesus did that. He was sinless. He was perfect, but he did it because of you and me. And he wanted us to belong to him. And that was the only way it could be achieved. And Jesus' obedience to the cross didn't make him the popular one. What did they do to him on his way to the cross? What did they do? They mocked him. They beat him. They took his clothes and they they bartered for them. The soldiers, they beat a crown of thorns over his head. And what did the people he came for? What did they, the Jews, what did they say? What were they crying? Crucify him. Crucify him. His obedience to the cross didn't make him the popular one. It made him hated and despised by all those who were popular in his day. Didn't make him popular. But thank God he went to that cross. Oh, the love. Look at how much God loves us. Romans 1 verse 3 says this. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family. Yes, his father Joseph was a descendant of King David. Verse 4. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. The fact that he was raised from the dead... On the third day, he was raised from the dead. This proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that he was the very one he said he came to be. The Messiah, the Savior of the world. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us because we're connected to him. We belong to him. That same power, that resurrection power, we can experience resurrection power, the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you and me because we belong to Christ. Look what it says in Philippians 3.10. It says this. It says this was the Apostle Paul's testimony. He said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And how many of you were here two or three weeks ago? Pastor Ron (laughs) preached this, this one verse. He must have repeated it 15 times. You can really know Christ. And experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. No matter where you are, no matter where you're at. You. Point to your neighbor, say you. Point to your other neighbor, say you. Point to me and say me, you, me. You. We all that belong to Christ can experience the mighty power 
that raised him from the dead. Romans 1.5 says this, Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him. Because we belong to Christ, we have the, how many of you know, it's a privilege. It is a privilege to share this good news about Jesus. How many of you have ever shared the good news with somebody that didn't believe? Many hands went up. It's a privilege and authority. The same authority that, think of any great evangelist or revivalist, Billy Graham, Billy Sunday, Charles Finney, Charles Spurgeon, Dwight L. Moody, all these great evangelists. And and you have the same, you and I have the same authority. Think about that for a minute. We have the same authority they have to share this good news. Why do we share it? It says it right here. We share it so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. So the The purpose of sharing this good news is so that they not only place their faith in Jesus Christ, but they turn from that sin and they turn in obedience to Him. Because remember when we talked about revival and repentance, it's not only turning from sin, but it's turning to God in obedience. And that's what the purpose is, so that they will believe and obey Him, bringing glory to His name. Verse 6, and you, point to your neighbor again, you, Point to the person in back of you. You. You are included. Everybody say that. Included. You are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. How many of you would say you're a Gentile? About a third. Awesome. How many of you would say you're Jewish? Guess what? If your hand isn't raised, say you're Everyone say, tell me, if you're either Jewish or Gentile. Raise your hand. Okay? That means everybody. Gentiles is everybody. If you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. So this is for everybody that's not Jewish. And it says, you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. And that means we are not ashamed to identify with Jesus publicly. We are not ashamed of the gospel because it's what? The power of God to salvation, right? To the Jews first and also to the Gentiles. We're not ashamed to identify with Christ. We've been called to belong to Jesus Christ. So now I want to look at, we talked about what it means to belong to Christ. I want to look at what are some of the characteristics, traits, habits, actions of those who do belong to Christ. So the first thing is, how many of you know, it was great to see all the kids here this morning. I love, I love kids. I have plenty of kids myself. Rick and Issa, we have the same number of kids. Hallelujah, right? Blessed. Our quiver is full. Amen? Amen. Amen. But belonging to Christ starts, how many of you know, with childlike faith, right? Listen to what it says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 13. One day, Some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the the children come to me. Don't stop them, 
For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Verse 15, Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Powerful. Amen? He said, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, on their heads, and he blessed them. Amen? So this journey belonging to Christ starts with childlike faith. And think about your own kids, if you have them. What are, what are kids like? What are children like? They're innocent. They're humble. They're trusting, right? They love without reservation and accept without reservation. They do not have an agenda. They don't have an ulterior motive. They're pure in their motives. They're honest. They're transparent. And they don't have an ego. And they don't have pride. And Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom like these little children, you will never enter it. Those are the words of Jesus. So to belong to God, to belong to him, to belong to Christ, this journey starts with childlike faith. Point two, those who belong to Christ listen gladly to his word. Look at what it says in John 8, 47. It says this, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Do you know who he was talking to in that scripture? Do you know? The Pharisees. Everybody say Pharisee. Do you know what the Pharisees were? They were the religious leaders of their day. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the religious leaders, and he's saying to them, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Imagine, doesn't matter how much religion you have, if you're not listening to his word and allowing it to change you, the, Jesus said, as religious as they were, these were the teachers These were the ones who had the authority, supposedly. And he said, they don't listen because they don't belong to God. So here's an important character trait. We listen gladly to God's word because we belong to him. Amen? And I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a a phone, a a mobile phone, iPhone, Android, right? Either Android or, or iPhone, right? How many of you have the Bible app on your phone? Raise your hand. Now, we're going to do this together, okay? If you have a phone and if you have the Bible app, I want you to go to the Bible app. How many of you know that the Bible app has a feature where it reads the Word of God to you? Do you know that? Right? So we're all going to go to Genesis chapter... Everybody go to Genesis chapter 1. And I'm going to see if this will work. We're all going to do this together. Right? On the count of three. Everybody there? Got your Bible app open? There we go. I hear it. Amen. Let's, uh, let me start here. One, two, three. Start. Here we are. Come on. 
I love it. Anyway, I love it. I love it. It sounds great. It sounds great to me. It's God's word. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't know why mine's not running right now. I did push play. I know I'm not, I know a little techni- technically challenged, but I'm not that technically challenged. Now, New Living Translation I have, King James Version. Anyway, we can listen to it, can't we? We can hear it. And how many of you know how faith is, how, how do we grow faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? God's Word. But I hear it. I hear it everywhere. And I hear it gladly. And we need to listen gladly to his word. We need to be willing to let God speak to us. Isn't it amazing that sometimes you, you, maybe you read a scripture, maybe 50 times, maybe 100 times, but the next time, somehow, some way, you saw something in that scripture that you never saw before. You saw something in God's word. And show, he showed you something that you didn't see before. We listen gladly. It says anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. Point three, those who belong to Christ and do not belong, excuse me, those who belong to Christ do not belong to the world. Look with me in John 15, 19. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. This is Jesus speaking. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. And how many of you know that Satan, the enemy of our soul, he is the one who dominates this evil world system in rebellion against God? And how many of you know when you take a stand for Christ, when you publicly acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior, not everybody's going to applaud. Not everybody's going to celebrate. Don't be surprised if people don't, Appreciate the fact that you're not running and doing the same things that you used to do. I remember so vividly when I, when I, I was saved on April 2nd, 1989, 23 years old. And uh, my sister uh, was still at, I was at UConn, I, I, and I had graduated in 88. But my sister was still at UConn. I went there to help her build lofts for her dorm room. And while I'm building those lofts, I had a friend show up at the door. I had no, now this is before social media. Nobody had, there was no such thing as cell phone. We didn't even have personal computers. That's how old I am, right? And this is in a dorm room at UConn, this massive campus, 20,000 kids. And this, my friend, Mike West from Enfield is standing in the doorway. And he filled up a doorway, 6'6", big guy. And he's like, let's go to Ted's, Mike. Let's go to Ted's. Does anybody know what Ted's is? Well, Ted's is a bar on UConn. And I had, a, had gone there when I was at UConn many, many times. But he's like, Mike, let's go. But I, but I looked at him, this big guy, and I said, I can't go with you. I've been saved. I've been born again. He looked at me like, what? He didn't say a word. He was a good friend of mine. Real good friend when I was at UConn. Didn't say a word, laughed, and he walked away. Never saw him again. How many of you know sometimes our friends aren't our friends anymore? After we accept the Lord. 
Those who belong to Christ do not belong to this world. Belonging to Christ means that we no longer belong to the world system. We are saved. We have been born again. We are new creatures in Christ. We have a new nature of heavenly origin. 1 Peter 2.9 says this in the Message Bible. It says this. Jesus said in the previous verse that he chose us. I chose you to come out of the world, he says. Jesus said that. And then in 1 Peter 2.9 it says, You are are, are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference that he made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Amen? And you may have faced rejection all of your life. But know this, Jesus accepts you. You and I, when we come to him in humble, childlike faith, just receiving this gift, acknowledging our need, and turning from our sin and turning to obedience, because that's what it means to have him as our Lord. He's the one who's in charge. 1 Peter 2.9. And it says, I love it, it says this, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. That's our obligation. That is our privilege to tell people the difference he made for us. John 17, 14 says this. This is Jesus speaking or praying to his heavenly father and he is praying for his disciples. So this is Jesus' prayer for his disciples. He says, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. This idea of being hated by the world, is reinforced by Jesus himself. Just as I do not belong to the world. And when we don't go along with the crowd, when we don't laugh at their lewd jokes, or use the same language that they use, or we don't gossip with them, or we don't do the same things that we used to do, how many of you know the crowd oftentimes is not pleased, is not happy. Have you ever had somebody make fun of you because of your faith in Christ? How many of you know what peer pressure is? We face, I, it was you know, my young son, my youngest son was here last night. And I said, Daniel, you're not the only one that faces peer pressure, right? Adults face peer pressure, do they not? We face peer pressure to just go do what everybody else does. It's Sometimes it takes courage to take a stand for Christ. Amen? A lot of times it takes courage. Those that belong to Jesus obey Him and that obedience to Christ will draw the hatred of the world which demands conformity to its practices. When we take our stand publicly with Jesus, we will experience oftentimes the same rejection that Jesus faced. John 17, 15 says this, Jesus praying again. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. He doesn't pray, God, Heavenly Father, now that they're saved, take them with you. Take them to be along with you. Wouldn't that be great if that was the case, right? Have you ever wanted that to happen? Oftentimes, I have to say, God, can you just take me now? I don't want to face this. It's difficult, but... 
He said, Jesus said, I'm not asking you as the heavenly father to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Because the evil one is like a thief that what has, what's, intent, what's the intention of the thief? To steal, kill, and destroy. But God, Jesus, came to give us life and what? Life more abundantly. Amen. He says, I pray that you keep them safe from the evil one. Verse 16. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. And the fact that we're here still living after we're saved means that we have a mission to accomplish. Amen. There is a job for us to do. God has called us to tell everyone everywhere this good news about his son Jesus. Amen. So you can't belong to Christ and belong to the world at the same time. Our faith in Christ separates us from those that belong to the world. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are baseball fans? How many of you like baseball? How many of you raise your hand if you're a Yankee fan? Okay. How many of you would, ra- would say you're a Red Sox fan? Oh, oh. The real believers come out, huh? Here we go. Yes. I got an object lesson. Do you want an object lesson right now? Okay, give me two seconds. I know because I'm wearing this shirt. You really have to. I know some of you are not going to include me. I'm not going to belong to your little group anymore by wearing this shirt. I had to bring this out of the, the, the archives. But I actually brought this. I had this. I couldn't believe it was 15 years ago. I used this shirt as an object lesson. And the title of that message, that series, was Fences. So this, the idea here was you can't sit on the fence. You got to choose who you're going to serve. You know? Either. Because, right, wearing this shirt, if you said I'm both a Yankee fan and a Red Sox fan, both Yankee fan and Red Sox fans, they don't want to know you. You got to be, right, you got to have your allegiance on one side. Right? But we can't belong to Christ and belong to the world at the same time. I'm not suggesting which side is belonging to Christ and which side is belonging to the world. But you look at, look at some of the names. Remember those names? That's how old this shirt was. Andy Pettit, right? Daisuke Matsuzaka. Remember him? This was from 2007. Guess what? The Red Sox won the World Series. 2007. I knew this would get your attention. This is, this is the crossroads, are we not? In the crossroads, man, right here. Yankees, Red Sox, either one or the other. So let me finish John, uh, John, in John 17, verse 17, Jesus' prayer. He said, for his disciples, that's you and me, not just the ones that were there present at the time, but this is for you A prayer Jesus is praying for you and for me. He says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. 
He said, make them holy. What that means is sanctify, set apart. We're having a baby dedication this morning. It means to dedicate, consecrate for the purpose of serving God. Make them, and how does this work? How does this sanctification work? By God's word working in our lives. And how many of you know every word of God, every bit of God's word is absolute truth. Amen? Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. But what? My word will never pass away. Amen? He said, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word. And oftentimes, as I said before, when we're reading his word, we may have read the same thing. It may have been 20 times that we've read it. But that next time, all of a sudden, we see something that we didn't see before. That's God by the Spirit working as we read his word. And verse 18 says, Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. I am sending them into the world. We have a mission to accomplish. God has called us to tell everyone everywhere about his son. Those who belong to Christ will not experience condemnation, but resurrection power. Amen? Look at what it says in Romans 8, verse 1. It says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. We, have, we can tap into this resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us as believers because we are connected to him and there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Even though we have all sinned and we all have come short of God's glory, that's everyone. There's not one that's righteous, not even one. Only God is good. Jesus said. And that the, the wages of that sin is death. And that's not just physical death, but it's spiritual death. The truth of it is, those that don't belong to Christ will experience a, spiritual, a second death, a spiritual death, separation from God eternally. This is just the truth of God's word. But the Bible says those who belong to Christ... There is no condemnation. There is no penalty that they'll have to pay. They will not be condemned because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Amen? And because we put our faith in Christ, we received him by faith, and we're saved by his grace through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It's a gift from God and not of works so that no one, no one can boast. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Those who belong to Christ are controlled by the spirit. Look with me in Romans 8, 9. It says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them, do not belong to him at all. <clears throat> so the reverse is true. We can confidently say that those who have the Spirit of Christ, those who belong to him, are led by his Spirit. 
And we will not suffer condemnation. How many of you know you can be led by the same spirit that led Paul the Apostle, that led all the great uh, believers, Christians from the past? You can be led by that same Holy Spirit. And how many of you know we are led? You know what it is to be led by the Spirit. Those that belong to Christ are controlled by the Spirit. Those that belong to Christ will be given new life. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Just as everyone dies because all, we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Amen? Hallelujah. Yes. Give a grand applause for that. Yes, I agree. Thank you. We will be given new life. That is the good news. Eternal life. Spending it with, forever with our Heavenly Father. Belonging to His kingdom. Being with him. That is ours because we belong to Christ. We will be given new life. Those who belong to Christ inherit God's promises. Galatians 3.29 says this, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. You are the true children of Abraham. And how many of you know, how did Abraham please God? How did he find, he got right with God by what? By his faith. By his faith. How old was he when Isaac, do you know when when his son was born? Isaac. He was 100 years old. And you can look in the scriptures. There's many references. James chapter 2, Galatians chapter 3, Romans chapter 4. To the faith of Abraham and it was counted to him accounted to him as righteousness. And in the same way, even though we are not his natural offspring, we are his spiritual offspring by faith. Amen? By faith in Jesus Christ. Now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And what is God's promise to Abraham? He said, God said to Abraham, I will certainly bless you, And I will multiply your descendants beyond number. That's what his promise was. Look with me in Ephesians 3.6. It says this. It says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings Because they belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's plan. That Jews and Gentiles who believe the good news will share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Even Yankee fans. Even Red Sox fans. Yes, don't have a heart attack. Yankee fans and Red Sox fans are included. They can belong believe it or not, on the same team. This team Jesus, amen? Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. How many of you want to experience the blessings of God, amen? These are all the things that are the promises for those that belong To Christ. Belonging to Christ. Amen? 
I want to encourage you this morning. Think about this. What does it mean to belong to Christ? Ask yourself the question. Be honest. Am I certain that I belong to Christ? Considering what the scriptures we share, you can't belong to the world and belong to Christ at the same time. Amen? But if you've ever felt rejected by anything, or maybe everything, remember that Jesus will accept you. Amen? And we just come to him in childlike faith, just receiving it by faith. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word today. I thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sin. That he died on that cross. He went through that awful, terrible experience because of us, for us. He didn't deserve it. But he took our pain, he took our suffering, he took our sin upon himself so that we could belong to you for eternity. Because that is your plan. That both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news will share equally in your riches, Lord. And Father, as our heads are bowed and as our eyes are closed, I want to encourage anyone here. If you don't know that you belong to Christ, if you're not certain that you've been saved, that you've been born again, maybe you don't know these terms, if you can't say for certainty that if you were to die today, you'd go to be with, go to heaven. If you're not sure about that, I want to encourage you to pray this simple prayer. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ. And it's not of ourselves. But if we think that if we still trust in ourselves or our good works, even our church, that's not salvation. We have to trust in Jesus Christ. And those of us here that have already received him as our Lord and Savior and know him and belong to Christ, I want to encourage you to pray with me, to reaffirm your faith. Amen? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that you love me because you sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to shed his blood so that my sins could be forgiven. I am sorry for my sin. I turn from my sin. And I turn to you. And I want to obey you. I receive Jesus into my life as my Lord and my Savior. And help me, Lord, because I belong to you. Help me to tell everyone that I know this good news about what you've done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. 